You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Happy New Year. 
That's awesome. Our first worship of the year. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm seeing so many faces that I'm used to seeing at 8.30 and 9.45, right? But uh, it's good to see you guys here. I want to welcome all the, uh, the ones that are worshiping online today that couldn't, uh, couldn't come and worship with us. And also, I would like to welcome all the, our visitors and uh, people that are joining us uh, today for the first time. Thank you so much for, for worshiping with us at Midway United Methodist Church. It's so great to see you. Um, now, uh, before we get started, I have a few announcements to make, and um, that's ne- uh, uh, from next week on, our worship times will be 8.30 and 11 o'clock, and in between, at 9.45, we have, uh, we have our Sunday school class, all right? So 8.30 and 11 a.m., worship, 8.30 over there in the historic chapel, and 11 a.m. here in the sanctuary, and 9.45 uh, Sunday school class. And we would love to see you here um, beginning next week. All right. Uh, another, um, another announcement is that the DRT will have a training over at Alpharetta First uh, on February 25th. So we have a team going down there, Alpharetta First, for the DRT uh, training, the disaster relief team. And um, it uh, just want to give you a heads up. If you'd like to participate in that, just uh, let Pastor Amanda know, and she will plug you in. All right. And also, the last announcement, but not the least one, is that we are uh, we are uh, welcoming Pastor Steve Ashri and and his wife here with us uh, for the first time, and he is our yes. Thank you for joining us, uh, Pastor Steve, and uh, it's, it's really a great privilege to be working with him. He is a man of God, and which I love dearly, and yeah, I know you guys will love him as well. Um, so uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another year. We thank you because now uh, all the pages are, are blank, and we start afresh And we do this because of your mercy and because of your grace. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for each and every second we, we lived in 2022. We thank you for the challenges we had, for the, the people that, uh, that we've lost but are now sitting with you at the table. And Lord, we... Uh, We thank you because so far you have blessed us tremendously. But now we pray, Lord, that um, in this year that begins today, we can see your glory again. That you can show us your mercies and your, and your grace again. And we can experience as a church everything that you have planned and prepared for us for this year. Lord, we thank you because you are an amazing father, a great God. And we can't wait with our hearts full of expectation. We can't wait to see all the great, amazing things you have in, in store for us this year. Lord, we, uh, we pray that this worship service today is a blessing That we may experience your Holy Spirit here in this place. Be with us the whole time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing of the grace of our God. This is amazing grace. What a great time. 
to start 2023 praising his name. So really me, all of these words, he, he brings our chaos into order. Let's worship his name. Be free in his presence. Worship you, Jesus. Welcome you. Who brings our care? All seen in darkness. Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole?
Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's sermon with Miss Tiffany. this morning. Did everyone have a good Christmas and a happy new year? Good. I'm glad to see you guys here. I wasn't sure if anyone was going to be here. Here you are. I'm so glad. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's on this. My little Chloe, she made this and luckily I left it in my office because I thought what a perfect item to use today. So does anyone know what today is? Of course, it's the first day of January, but do you know what we're celebrating today? What? Well, we are. We are celebrating that. But today is, we're going to celebrate, it's, well, New Year's. I know, this, this is like a, it's like a trick question. So today is Epiphany Sunday. It's a little early because typically it's January 6th, but we're together on Sunday, so we're going to celebrate it today. How's that sound? And do you know what Epiphany is? What? Look at you. Okay, you want to just teach the sermon? You got this, Rosie? <laughs> yes, it is. So an epiphany is something like an aha moment, like, oh, my goodness. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And it is when the, when the wise men or the magi came and visited baby Jesus. So you see him? Can you point him out for me right there? You see him right there? And they brought gifts, right? And I've got something cool Pastor Amanda's going to pull out, and I'm going to show you guys in just a minute. But why do you think it was called epiphany and not the arrival of the guys with the gifts? It, it was. That's right. He was. He was. He was our king of kings, right? And so they did bring him gifts. But it was the moment that we realized that God was for everybody, right? Jesus was for everybody. And so it celebrates bearing gifts to baby Jesus. And Pastor Amanda has little gifts over here. Pastor Jenny loaned these to me. So I'm going to show you guys what these are. And it was what was made clear was, of course, Jesus was a Jew, and he came for the Jewish people, but he came for everybody, right? Do you know that the three wise men, they weren't Jewish? They were Gentiles, or they weren't, they weren't Jewish. They were, they, well, they were probably, we call them the Magi, and they say we three kings, but we're going to call them wise men, because we don't really know if they were kings, but guess what? The gifts that they brought, those were the gifts that kings would typically get, because Jesus he was our king, right? He is our king. And so what did he bring? He brought, here's gold. Do you see the sparkly gold in there? Ooh, see it? Oh, do you? That's awesome. Oh, you do? That's amazing. Oh, oh yeah, you can smell this one if you're, if you're close enough. Smell it. Mmm. <gasps> And 
I bought some frankincense oil, and guess what? It's still really expensive for just a little bit. So it's still pretty special. What was the last one? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so we have the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm going to read you Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Okay, can I read that to you guys real quick? So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea during the rule of King Herod, was Herod a good guy? No. Um, the Magi came from the east to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen the, what did they see in the sky? The star, right? The star guided them there, right? Uh-huh, because they studied the stars, and they knew it was a different star, right? Wow, that's news to me. That's awesome. I know, right? They had. So we've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ, where the Christ was to be born. They said in Bethlehem of Judea, Judea, for this is what the um, prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, Lamb of Judea, by no means are the least among the rulers of Judea, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi, and they found out from them when, when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report back to me so I can go honor him. Was he going to honor him? Mm-mm, that's right. When they heard the king, they went and they looked for the star that they had seen in the east that went ahead of them until they stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They were so happy, right, to see Jesus. They entered the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother, falling on their knees. They honored him and they opened their treasure chest and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And because they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they went back to their own country, another route. So they didn't tell Herod, right? No way, because they didn't want baby Jesus hurt. So, and as you see, there's three of them. Well, we think there, it's a men, so we know there was at least two. And do you think, why do you think they traveled together? That's a good idea, but we traveled together because it's safest, Right? And it's safe to have other people with you, right? And so that's the same thing with our walk with Christ, right? That's why coming to church is good and having friends who love Jesus is good because it helps you not to be alone. They can encourage you, and they can encourage you on your walk and help you make good decisions, right? All right, so, so even those, even the Magi back then knew that they should have someone to travel with them to keep them safe. And you know what else it, it taught us? That Jesus is for who? Is he just, yep, Jesus is for everyone, right? You and you and you and you and you and you and all of you, right? All right. That's right. So can we say a prayer and thank Jesus for this story and to thank God for sending us Jesus and, and being for everyone? All right. Everyone bow their heads and close your eyes. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for this new year. 
Thank you for this story and showing us that you're for everyone. Help us, Lord, to shine our bright light like you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can head back to your parents or downstairs with us to do some crafts. Our children are going to head downstairs with Miss Tiffany and Miss Wanda to enjoy some time. Uh, I promise they do enjoy it down there, despite my child's protest. <laughs> um, and as we come now to the time of worship where we have an opportunity to go to God in prayer, let us remember that we come before God to worship and to celebrate. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for this opportunity this morning that we have to come before you to worship and to celebrate you, just to honor your name. And God, I pray, I pray this morning that we would come before you open-handed and open-hearted. Lord, realizing the opportunity we have for a new start, a new year. God, in this time, Lord, let us recognize those things that have pulled us away from you. God, I pray that we would recognize those things that, that take our time from you, those people that, that pull us away from you, our goals, Lord, that aren't aligned with your goals. May you lead us away from that and back to you, back to a deep relationship with you. God, we thank you so much for a time during the year to recognize that we do have an opportunity to start over. God, we thank you so much that your grace extends to each and every one of us. We thank you that, that we are able to come and to be a part of a community of faith that participates in, in sharing your grace. God, this morning, we lift up our prayers for all of those who are hurting, for all of those who are sick, who are recovering from surgeries. God, would you be with them? Keep them near you. Remind them of your presence. God, we pray for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Would you also be with them? Lead and guide them through this dark journey. More importantly, Lord, we ask that you would guide us in this new year. God, in this new year that we would be able to follow you wholeheartedly. That we would fall deeper in love with you and with your people. God, I pray that you would illuminate your will for us and for this church. We pray these things in your holy name. And we join together and pray with one heart and one voice the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year to you guys. Um, I want to say uh, a welcome to all of you here and to those who are online. Um, those were incredibly kind words by Jenny. Uh, uh, we've already begun to receive an incredibly warm welcome here at Midway. Um, I've known a few folks at Midway and known about Midway for a good long time because you guys are so missional, have such a storied history. Jenny and Hertzen, I've known for more than 20 years. I've actually been closer to Hertzen in our course of ministry, but even over the last few weeks, I've gotten to know Jenny so much better. Pedro and I have been friends through the Emmaus community for a long time. I'm just now getting to know Amanda and your staff. Nancy Young, who I hope you know because she's an incredible gift to your church, has been an asset to my ministry, but more than that, a dear personal friend for more than a decade. So what a joy it is to be able to partner with you in ministry. You know, just a short while ago, I was driving to the church for the very first time. Matter of fact, by the way, I parked in the visitor parking this morning. This is my first time at church, okay? And... Um, and I was driving to church, and I was praying for Midway, and I just, one of those moments where you turn off the radio, you know, and you're just talking to the Lord. I was praying for you. I was praying for this next season of ministry that we have together. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit impressed upon me was, was not so much this was a time for me to be involved in ministry with you, but really also that this was a time for us to minister to Jenny. I mean, what, what person, son or daughter, doesn't want to be a faithful daughter in these moments? And so... I'm so thankful that Jenny recognized the need to just go serve her family for a while. And I want to encourage you to pray for your pastor. I know you love Jenny so much. And I think this is a wonderful time for us just to lift her up and ask the Lord to help her be a faithful servant to her family. Well, I want to take a few moments to introduce myself to you. And I'm going to do that a little bit over the next few weeks, um, a little bit at, at each moment. Uh, but let me just begin by... Um, taking a moment to introduce you to my family. And first of all, this is my crew right here, but uh, the most important one is the one who rules it all right in the middle. That's my wife, Julie, and I wanted her to stand up for just a minute, and I wanted to invite you to give her a warm welcome. <laughs> Julie and I are almost to our 30th year of marriage, and, um, and the cool thing is that, and I'm very proud of her, she is in her 30th year of teaching public schools here in in. Georgia, and she's going to be retiring in June. How cool is that? And so I'm very proud of her. Um, I'm sure that any teacher in the room knows what a deal it is to crash through that finish line. And so she's getting ready to retire in June. So excited. Up there on the screen, our oldest is Abby standing right next to Julie. Abby's husband is directly behind her. Abby and Jesse live in Gainesville. Uh, he's actually a worship leader. Both of them are incredible musicians. Um, he leads worship for Jensen Franklin's church there in, uh, at Free Chapel. Um, my, the, the, the second, I, I, call, I call them child. I know they're, they're adults now, right? The second one, uh, the middle child is Andrew on your far left. Andrew is um, in, her, in his first medical career in Pittsburgh. He couldn't come home for Christmas uh, because he, he's been doing work up there. But uh, very soon he'll be returning south. Um, and we're excited about that. I think in April, um, he and, and his fiance are moving south. And then our, on the far right is our youngest, Alex. 
Uh, Alex is, uh, has been a college football player, graduated from Charleston Southern University, an All-American kicker, and then went to play uh, football in a grad program at Middle Tennessee, just hung up his cleats, and has his first real job in Charleston right now. And so uh, we're very proud of our kids. And just a little bit about me and Julie. Um, I would want you to know, you'll learn quick enough anyway, I'm pretty loud. Um, I, I, I talk loud. I scream loud at football games. I live life loud. I love fun. Um, but you'll figure it out soon enough. I laugh really loud and I can't help it. Okay. It's just who I am. Um, another thing about me is that I was called in the ministry when I was 13 years of age in Augusta, Georgia. That's my hometown. In a, in a United Methodist Church just like this, I received Christ and was baptized and then was later on called into the ministry. And so my whole life has been since 13 years of age, listening and looking and, and hearing burning bushes that God is telling me to follow after and to do this next work that he's called me to do. And midway, you're part of the next burning bush for me where God says, I have a I have a ministry that I want you to move towards. Um, just a couple more things. That picture that you see, we're at the beach. We love beach. We love all things beach, okay? And so that's just a part of our family. All of us just are crazy about the coast. Some people are mountain people. We're beach people. And another thing I would tell you about us is that we are Georgia Bulldog football fans. That's kind of cool today, okay? I realize it. But, but my wife and I attended the University of Georgia uh, she actually graduated with her undergrad and her grad program at Georgia, and, um, and last night was a pretty momentous game. And I normally don't talk a lot about Georgia football because there's Tech fans and there's Florida fans and Tennessee fans, but I will tell you this. I, I, heard, so, I heard something funny last night. Immediately after the game was over, you know, the game went into you know, past midnight, and I, I heard somebody put on Facebook, uh, somebody from Ohio put on Facebook, there wasn't a soul in Ohio that actually watched the ball drop last night because of the big game. And then a Georgia fan responded, no, no, no yes, we did. We saw it fall far left. <laughs> oh, it, hey, I hope you were able to grab a little outline when you came in. And, and I want to I, I go ahead and confess that I realize this is not something that, you know, a lot of pastors do, but this is something that I do Years and years ago, when I kind of was in the earliest part of my preaching ministry, I, every, every preacher has to find their voice. And one of the ways that I found my voice was um, by always having an outline. That outline does three things that I think are very important. First of all, it helps me, all right? But secondly, it also engages people around different styles of learning. And so there are some people who are, who are they, they learn by listening. There are some people who learn by seeing. And there are some people who learn by kinesthetically writing. Um, I'm giving you a break this week. There's no writing on this this week, but next week there will be blanks, okay? Uh, but anyway, um, there's, there's actually another thing that's pretty cool about the outlines. That those who are teachers and Bible study leaders, many years across the years, They've held on to these outlines where they've taken notes where God has spoken to them in the margins. They just wrote down a, a little sensing that they had of the Holy Spirit in the margin of the outline. They've kept those things, and then God has used those outlines to help multiply this moment into many other moments as they taught people and led Bible studies. And so anyway, um, I, I invite you to follow along every time we're in worship together with an outline, and you can engage with that outline in any way that you so please. Now... It's New Year's, right? It's Epiphany, Tiffany said, Epiphany Sunday. Today, my hope is to celebrate with you kind of the aha moment of God's grace. Now, a lot of people 
make New Year's resolutions. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm sure there's some of us here who just, that's just part of our pattern of life. I'm not one of those people. I set goals all during the year, so it'd be like a, a, a regular thing for me. But there are other people, have you, have you heard of this? There are other people who feel some impression and they choose a word for the year. That's their word for the whole year. Have you heard, heard about this, right? And some of you probably are like that. I'm also not that kind of person normally. I don't have a word. I don't, I've never chosen a word until this year. In December, God was just doing different things in my life, and, and it was through some prayer time. I was driving down the road the other night telling my wife about this. I, I really felt led to choose a word for 2023, and I've never done that before, but it's just something that God has been stirring in my soul, and that word for me is grace. So really what I want to talk to you about today is really something that's kind of bubbling in my soul, okay? Grace. Grace is such an easy word. We, we can use that word just in passing. But when you really pick up the Bible and you start to read the Bible, you realize that this, this incredible news, this good gospel news that Paul and others are writing about and sharing, they're trying to get people's eyes and their hearts to open to the incredible thing that God had done in sending his son to the planet to take our place and to make a way back to the Father. So grace. Today I want to talk to you about grace. And I, I want to tell you in advance, grace is my word for the year. I, I want to give more grace. I want to receive more grace. I want to show more grace to others. I, I want to be a more gracious dad and husband. I am going to live in grace all this year. And I invite you today to think with me about grace. Now what is grace? In its simplest definition, I've, I've heard a few. But in the simplest definition, it, I, I've heard it said, it's the unmerited, unearned. You, you can't do anything to deserve it, unmerited, and you can't earn it. It's just something that God gives. The unmerited, unearned, free gift of God's love. Now, there are multiple places in the scripture where where Paul and John and others are trying to... I want to share a couple of those scriptures with you. And I just want to... You might have heard these scriptures, but I want to invite you to hear them anew today and to listen through the lens of grace of one of the writers of the gospel, but maybe more importantly, the Holy Spirit trying to speak through them to you and me about this incredible, amazing grace that we, we sang about just a little while ago. So the unearned, unmerited free gift of God's love. At one place in the scripture, Paul is talking about grace, and he says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. But because of his great love of us, who is God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. For it is grace that you have, for it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of of God. Uh, Paul is trying to get people to understand this is a gift. Receive this incredible gift. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. But God loves you. And his riches are being poured out for you. Another simple definition one time, and I guess this one stuck because it was an acronym, of grace was God's reward at Christ's expense. Or I've heard it like this. God's riches at Christ's 
expense. This is what grace is all about. It's a free gift. And so today, I just want to tell you, I'm going to share with you some metaphors, some images, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to talk about some stories where I've seen God work in people's lives. And I want to admit up front, who can explain the grace of God? Who can, who can pick metaphors and show pictures? I mean, anything is going to be inadequate. But I hope you will just lean into these scriptures with me. In another place, John is writing very familiar passage, right? John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. You might want to tie those two things together. What, right? He loved, therefore he gave. Why did he give? Because he loved. Now, which one of us in the room have not ever given because we loved? And the word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then so many times we don't read the next scripture. In John 3.17, it says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hear this a little different way. At Christmas time, I was listening to a pastor, and he said these words, and I thought, that is such good, a good word. He said, ours is not a condemning gospel. He did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Ours is a saving gospel, but to save the world. This is the beauty of God's plan to give us and extend to us and reveal to us his grace. And then just one last one. I'm going to go back to Paul in Ephesians. And he's, he's trying to once again get people, to, their eyes to open up, their hearts to, to, to have an aha moment. He says, and he's just talking about his prayer life. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, listen to this prayer. This is a huge prayer. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Do you see how Paul's trying to get them to see this incredible wow thing? I pray that you would have power together through the Holy Spirit to, which one of us could really grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? Well, that scripture said that grace is a gift, right? So today, metaphorically, I'm going to share with you a thought, okay? I brought a gift. Now, we've had a lot of gifts this Christmas, right? A lot of gifts. And um, this is a heavy gift, I want to confess. It's a heavy gift. But inside... I want to just unpack some things with you. And you know, my hope is not so much that you would see what I've packed inside this gift today, but that you would think about your own life, that you would reflect. What a good time to reflect, right? January 1, 2023, right? What a good time to reflect and say, God, you have been good to me. Look how you did this and that. And, and to, with gratitude, say, God, your grace, your grace, your grace. Look how you have loved me. 
How does God reveal his grace? I'll tell you what. Let me think about that for a minute. I know you want to know what's in the box. But before we get there, we had, I told you earlier we had a son that didn't come home for Christmas, right? Did you know we had to send every one of his gifts up to Pittsburgh? It was routine that my wife said to me, I want you to go to the post office and deliver this box. I, I have a personal relationship with the postmaster now that I didn't have before. And not only that, um, uh, the, the little echo in our house would glow yellow and a package has delivered. I'd go to the front door, open the door. There's no package there. She would say, oh, it's in Pat- Pittsburgh. I mean, she sent gifts and gifts and gifts to Pittsburgh through Amazon, right? Did the same thing in Charleston. I got a son in Charleston. Where I'm, I still have a present sitting on the kitchen table right now that I've got to send to my son in Charleston. And it made me think, we had so many things show up at our house. Are you, are you anything like me? You've had a lot of gifts delivered. What I want you to think about this morning is, how does God deliver the gift of his grace into our life? How does he reveal it? How does he send it? How does God work? And if you could just grasp this, I want to suggest a few ways that I think God works to show us, to reveal to us his grace. And the first one, of course, is one of the offices, the jobs of the Holy Spirit. I brought a couple of doves, okay? One of the jobs in the offices of the Holy Spirit is really to reveal the character and the nature of God to us. I think about when I was a little boy. I tell people that I I grew up as a little boy talking to Jesus before I ever had a real relationship with him. And I don't think it was goodness in me. I promise you it wasn't that. It was the Holy Spirit already working in me. It was the Holy Spirit already operating in my life before I would come to a full saving knowledge of of who God is and what Jesus had done for me and then give him my life. And I don't know about you, but my question for you is, when is the first time maybe you sensed the presence of God? Or you started to maybe hear the voice of God? Were you sitting in church? Were you at the kitchen table? When did you first start having the presence of God revealed in your life? I'll promise you this. It wasn't because you were good. It wasn't because of something you'd done. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the ways that God reveals his love, his grace, his mercy to us. How else else does he do it? I brought up something I got to reach in the box with two hands here. Uh, Through family, through relationships. I brought a photo album. Photo albums are these, do do y'all know what photo albums are anymore? (laughs) We, We don't fill up the like we used to, right? All these digital photos, we should, but we don't, right? I I, I brought a photo album because photo albums are just these beautiful pictures of the relationships that matter the most to us. And I think about, when I look at these kind of pictures for me, I, I think about the people in my life who pointed me to Jesus at the earliest moments. I think about a grandmother. My grandmother was a woman of faith. I think about my mom who brought me to church so much that every year I got a pen that said perfect attendance going down my... Yeah, whatever happened to giving out pens for perfect attendance. Every, every Sunday, she had us in church every Sunday, right? And my mom was a woman of faith. I think about the people in my earliest days. Do you have people like that in your family that help point you to Jesus? What a beautiful picture of how God revealed his grace to you, even when you didn't know it yet. He was putting messengers in your path. I'm so thankful that family and relationships is one of the ways that God chooses to show himself to us. Here's another one. 
Uh, the next one I, I guess I'll show is, and this one's huge, right? But I, I shared that one first because I did that one first before I ever made it to this one. One of the ways that God reveals his, his, his love to us is through this incredible love letter called God's Word. You know, that's really what it is, right? It's a love letter. And I can tell you, let me tell you my story. I, I don't think I ever really picked up the Bible to start reading it until the year after I had been called to vocational ministry. I went to my pastor and I said, well, what do I do? I think I'm supposed to be in ministry for the rest of my life. This is what God has told me. And he said, well, why don't you just give your summer away and go to France? Okay, tell me about that. I'm all about Paris. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a vacation. It, it was a mission. And we were going to build a home for the homeless. And, and, and it was in France on, an, on a French Alp for the first time. We had to spend the first 30 minutes of every day opening God's Word. And I'll never forget, as a 14-year-old, I didn't know even where to begin. I sat on the top of a mountain with a Bible on my lap, and I said, God, I don't even know where to start. And I remember that I heard about this cool guy named Samson, and he sounded like a man's man. And I said, somewhere in this book is his story. I guess I'll start there. That was the first place I ever read. And can I tell you, my life has been a journey through this book of of having these aha moments where God just showed me his love and his, his grace. Let me tell you, God's word is one of the most incredible things that we have that will ever show us the character, the nature of God, and how much he loves us. And it matters so much. I even wrote something down that I read not long ago that was a quote by John Wesley. John Wesley said this, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land safely on that happy shore. And God himself has condescended to teach the way. And for this end, he came from heaven. He hath written it down in a book. Give me that book. Give me, at any price, the book of God. Man, uh, I, I, I invite you this, this year to make the study of God's word a priority for your life because you'll go closer to him and you'll see his grace more evident in your life the word is one of the ways that God shows us how much he loves us, right? Another one that I would share with you is um, events, both positive and negative. Moments in life, both positive and negative. Now, when you think about moments in life that are positive, maybe your mind immediately runs these big moments like, right, I, you found the one, right, and you got married, or, or maybe you had your first child. I'll never forget having Abigail. Anybody who's a new parent, you just, you're flooded with this, wow, why would I be allowed to, this is amazing. And us men are kind of flooded with, and you are incredible. Look at what you did, you know, to our, to our brides. But what I want to push on is there, there are actually other moments than just that. Those are the big moments. Those are the, the highlight moments. Those are the positive moments. What about the negative moments? Yes, even in grief, even in sadness, even in loss, even in death. God comes along and heals us, mends us. He comes along and shows us how much he loves us. But what I want to press you on is it's, it's the easiest things to think about those things at the top. But what about the daily things that might be good and might be bad? And God reveals his love and his grace to us. I, I didn't know what to share with you as a metaphor on this one, so I just decided to bring an hourglass. To think about the moments in your life where they were just regular days that flowed through, but God was meeting you. God was in the tough moments and the greatest moments. You were looking over your life and you were saying, God, look how good you have been to me. Look how you have loved me and carried me. And, 
forgiven me and healed me. Well, i got to go faster, okay? Uh, uh, what other moments? How, what other kind of ways does God send us the gifts of his love and sh- deliver that package into our life? Well, one of the things I would share with you, and I, I brought a, a stole to talk about what I would call shepherding relationships. Now, I know we think about clergy many times with these stoles. I think about a man named Evan McDonald who, was, who baptized me. Such a good pastor to me. I think about Jimmy Thurman and Farrell Drummond, these, these wonderful men of God who led me as a young boy growing up. I think about Ronnie Whitworth, who, who was my youth pastor and who showed me the way. I, I think about, how about this one? I think about Pete and Mim Jones. They were both, husband and wife, about this tall. And they taught me Sunday school. And they were so kind to us when we were a bunch of rambunctious boys up to no good they loved us. I think about Ann Scott, who was this beautiful Sunday school teacher, prompt, southern as you can be, right? And Ann taught me the love of Jesus. There have been so many shepherding relationships in my life along the ways. I wonder about you. You have names. You have faces. You have people in your life who've cared for you, who've been gracious to you and taught you and illumined you, Right? I'm so thankful that there are shepherding relationships. And by the way, your church is very blessed to have, blessed to have a bunch of shepherds, not just vocational shepherds, but a bunch of shepherds who are teaching the way. Just a couple more. This one's big. Baptism. Now, I got to make sure I don't mess this up. Okay, so. Baptism. You know, in the Methodist church, we believe um, in, in the three historic Modes of baptism. We believe in uh, sprinkling, pouring, and immersion. But I want to just with you today reflect upon baptism. God, I had a seminary professor one time say, you know, baptism is like a diamond that we would hold in the middle. And we, we see that God does one thing through baptism. And then we just spin the diamond and see another prism. Spin the diamond. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful way for God to initiate his covenant with us. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful way for us joining into the church and the body of Christ. Like Tiffany said, we don't walk alone. We walk with others. It's a wonderful way for us to profess our faith. There are so many things that happen in baptism. But even as we think about baptism, I want you to realize that baptism is this beautiful picture of how God is saying, I love you and I care for you. I have always loved and always cared for you. I had a man one time come up to me, and he was a leader in the church. And in a very private moment, you know what he said to me? He said, Pastor Stephen, I've never been baptized. He said, I want to be baptized. I don't know why I've never been baptized. He said, but the honest truth is I'm a little bit embarrassed to come before the church and be baptized now because I'm so old, and I'm a leader in the church. I said, Terry, let's, let's get baptized. I don't know if I can do that, Stephen. I don't know. I'd just be so embarrassed after all these years. I said, Terry, have your boys ever been baptized? Not a one of them. He had three strapping beautiful boys and a daughter. The daughter had been baptized, but not the boys. I said, Terry, how about you and I make a deal? I said, how about I baptize you and I put my hands on your shoulders and you baptize those boys? They were all in the faith. Every one of them received Christ. And can I tell you, it's one of the most beautiful moments where you thought God landed at church. As, as I baptized the dad and he baptized his sons underneath my ministry. And 
Can I tell you, it, I've had so many moments like this. I had a young woman one time that wanted to be baptized, and, and she, she had to have hearing um, devices to be able to hear. But she was so afraid of the water getting into her electronic devices, and so she literally took out her electronic devices for me to... She wanted to be poured over, so I just poured three pitchers of water over her head, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. She couldn't hear a thing, but when that crowd began to celebrate, she got a picture of heaven celebrating her life. Have you seen and witnessed, or maybe your own baptism, the beauty of reminding yourself that God so loved the world that he gave himself up for us? He cleanses us. He redeems us. Baptism is this beautiful picture of God's grace. Here's another one. And we get to celebrate this one today, Holy Communion. Holy Communion, those moments where we break the bread and remember the body of Jesus that was broken for us. Where we, we take the juice that is there. And that juice for us is a reminder of the precious, perfect blood of a spotless lamb who died for us. And today, it's, it's more than a moment of just memory it's a moment of aha and epiphany every time we come to this table to say god thank you for loving me so much that you paid the price for me boy i've got so many moments where i've just seen god show up in communion moments uh, I, I remember one time uh, at sandy springs united methodist uh, literally uh, at, at the altar and and we had these people children and all come and receive holy communion and i'll never forget it Three quarters of the way after receiving communion, a little boy yelled back at me. He yelled back at me and he said, thanks, pastor, for the snack. <laughs> and I was in seminary at the time. Don Saliers was my, one of my professors. I said, tell me about this. And he gave me this beautiful under, understanding. He said, so you think you understand the mystery of God just because you're an adult? Can I just tell you that we're all still trying to understand the mystery of what God has done? In sending his son to die for us. One time I was on a ski retreat and, and I was leading communion. And, and I had the bread and I had the juice, but I had forgotten the, the chalice. And so we all got out in the snow. And I just told them, each one of those students, to hold the bread in their hand. And, and I just poured the, the juice over their hands. And, and, and I know it got everywhere. And it was my mistake. But we got on that bus. We looked out in the field. And there was this beautiful picture of red in this massive circle in the snowfield. And for every one of those teenagers, they'll never forget a moment where God met them and reminded them of his love. Today, even as we come to communion and Amanda and Pedro lead us, these are always holy moments where we are reminded, thank you, God, that you loved me. You know, the word says we love. Why? Because he first loved us. Just, just uh, one more. We... We experience God's grace when we serve others. You, you Midway, you do this really well. I mean, my goodness, there were these massive storms down in Florida, and you guys had a team that were down there, right? If I've heard anything about Midway, it's that you are an incredibly close family of God and that you serve the kingdom of God. Well, part of serving, I think, is, is not only being able to show people God's love, but it's being able to... To when you show them God's love, you just kind of get washed all over with it again yourself, right? So what metaphor do I bring today to show you that? I don't know. I brought you a serving platter. I brought you a hammer and some gloves, right? We all serve in different ways. My goodness, I don't know the gentleman's name this morning who got up there and sang behind those drums. I couldn't play the drums for my life, but singing on top of it, 
That's serving, that's giving your gift, right? How incredible is that? And we all have our own gifts. But here's the deal about serving. Normally when you serve, it means you move. It means you go. It means you take the love of God to somebody else. Well, I told you at the very beginning that this box way too small to really talk about God's grace. Paul said, my prayer for you is that you would, you would grasp how wide and long and high and deep it is because it's way bigger than this box. But the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about this is that my little metaphors, every one of us in here, we, we all know they're inadequate. How many more ways are there than what I've said today for how God sins, delivers his love? into your life. Man, is he a good God or what, right? And we are so blessed that we are called his children. So two final thoughts as I close this message today. The first one is this. It's a gift. It's a free gift. It's an unearned gift. It's an unmerited gift. And the most important thing about that gift is that you have received. Have you received, have you applied the free gift of God's love that we call grace into your life? I see some heads nodding up and down. I pray you have. The most important thing about the gift is that you receive it. And then secondly, the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews is the only book in the New Testament we're never given an author for. We don't really know who wrote Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews is writing, and he's trying to get people to understand about this grace. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse 15, he says this. See to it. No one misses the grace of God. It's this beautiful picture of if you've received the grace, if you've tasted of his goodness and his grace, his love in your life, then spend every ounce of effort you have to make sure that nobody around you misses out on it. Church, I pray grace over you. I pray grace in you. And I pray this year is a grace-filled year for you and for me. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray. God, we just want to say thank you. You're so good. You're so very good to us. In the next few minutes, even as we get ready to give and as we get ready to come to the table, it's one more time where we're just flooded by your compassion, by your care. Who are we that you would care for us? Nothing, but yet you do, and you love us. Forgive us, O Lord, for our shortcomings, and Lord, redeem us and pick us up to the newness of life. Help us to even drive off this campus today feeling your love, feeling just washed in your love, once again knowing that you care for us. The one who flung the stars in space, you care for us. You know us and you love us. Oh, thank you, God, for your goodness. We pray all of this in your most holy and glorious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now it's, uh, it's our time to respond in worship um, with our gifts and offerings, with our tithes, because uh, giving is a response to God's grace. I love that Pastor Steve sa Stephen said uh, that uh, uh, giving is connected to love. We give when we love, right? So I'd like to, first of all, thank you for your generosity for having already participated and for being uh, so active in participating in the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ 
through Midway United Methodist Church. And I uh, I want to I want to thank you because you have been uh, you have been so uh, important for uh, for what's happening around us in our community and in this church. And um, I want to ask you to continue participating and and responding in worship to uh, all the the many blessings that God has poured out in your lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are graceful. We thank you because you are faithful. And we thank you because you are generous. Thank you because this church has been instrumental in a, a, a source of blessing for our community, for this town, and for this uh, state, for this country. We have uh, served you with everything we have. Lord, and I want to thank you because you are the reason we give. We give because we love. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. As we come together today to celebrate communion together as the body of Christ, we're reminded that Christ invites us to come and to repent of our sin to live in peace with one another. So at this moment, I invite you to silently pray, confess your sins before God, and um, let us pray that we will be forgiven. Friends, I invite you to hear the good news. That Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We owe the Lord all of our thanks and praise. For God created everything out of love and saw that it was good. Even when we strayed, God's love remained faithful. God has rescued us from sin and death through Jesus Christ. All of humanity has been called into a new covenant. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread he gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we offer ourselves together to this covenant, just as Christ offered himself for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood.
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This morning, as we receive communion, I want to let you know that all of our communion elements are gluten-free, gluten and dairy-free. The ushers will show you forward and will invite you to come forward. As you come forward, on either side, come and kneel at the altar. Place your hands in the sign of a cross, the sign of receiving the, the grace that Christ has for each and every one of us. You'll be handed the bread and then a cup of juice. You may partake and pray. As you feel led, then you can return to your seats by the outside aisles. Let us worship God. Let us receive the grace that God has given to each and every one of us. i 
invite you to stand with me, if you will. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know, as we were receiving communion, I was reminded of the imprint, the engraving of this table. This do in remembrance of me. I heard somebody one time say that phrase a little differently. Now our job is to go do his memory. I invite you this week, in the name of Jesus Christ, to not only experience the grace of God every moment of every day, but to give it away. And in so doing, may you shine his light, and may you do his memory. In the name of Christ, amen. God bless you, Midway. Have an awesome week. You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.